On 26 September 2018, India's Supreme Court upheld the constitutionality of Aadhaar, the country's controversial biometric national identification program. But the ruling places limits on its use by private entities. Over the years, the project has faced criticism for enabling surveillance and invasions of privacy. In this episode of Himal Interviews, we talk to economist Ritika Khera, who has been studying Aadhaar and argues that the system impedes rather than enhances welfare delivery. Author of the forthcoming book Big Data Meets Big Brother, Kira speaks to our deputy associate editor Shubhanga Pandey about the Supreme Court judgment, how Aadhaar is disguised as a welfare program, and how it enables both state and corporate surveillance. India's Supreme Court has ruled in favor of the Aadhaar program, the unique identity number scheme. Um, and you've been a vocal critic uh, of the program since its inception. Can you tell us why? The Supreme Court verdict is uh, given by five judges. Four of them have accepted the validity of Aadhaar, uh, whereas one judge has dissented. Um, we've been uh, we've been questioning the Aadhaar project since its inception in 2009. Uh, because we see it as a program that can enable mass surveillance by the government. Uh, and on the other hand, it's also a project that enables what um, cryptographer Bruce Schneier calls corporate surveillance. So it's basically a project uh, that bring that consolidates state power and corporate power at the cost of citizens. Uh, and that's why we've been uh, critical of it. Um, Meanwhile, it was uh, disguised or dressed up as a project that would enable uh, welfare delivery and inclusion and improve governance and administration in these programs. Uh, so, you know, we've uh, also been trying to explain why that is just a facade and that the real purpose of the project is actually uh, what I've been, uh, what I'm calling in my, it's the title of my book, Big Data Meets Big Brother. Uh, big data referring to the corporate uh, profit-making potential um, and big brother to the mass government surveillance potential. The other judgment seems to validate the government conception that it will enhance the welfare system. Um, why do you think that's not the case? Right. Uh, so the majority opinion has accepted the government's uh, assertion that, uh, you know, this is an enabler of welfare administration. The dissenting judge has actually not accepted uh, that assertion. Uh, we think uh, that the exclusion from welfare programs uh, is not because of lack of ID documents. The exclusion from government programs is because the government does not spend enough money. I don't know if you're aware, but India is amongst the lowest, uh, has amongst the lowest spending on, say, uh, public spending on health and education, even lower than sub-Saharan African countries. Uh, and it is because the spending is too low that people are getting left out. It's not the ID document that's shutting them out. The second claim that the government has been making to the court and to the people right from the beginning uh, is that this will reduce corruption in welfare programs. And again, that's a very questionable claim uh, because much of the fraud is what we call quantity fraud, where, you know, the person who's dispersing government aid is able to force me to validate uh, a certain amount of sale when actually he's selling me much less. Uh, and we feel that this kind of 
fraud, quantity fraud, can continue even with biometric authentication. The government has been trying to tell the people that with biometric authentication, quantity fraud get, will go away. But, you know, whether I sign in a register validating uh, an inflated sale or whether I put a thumbprint in a machine validating an inflated uh, claim, that will continue. Uh, so it's the power asymmetry and the lack of grievance redressal mechanisms that allows quantity fraud to continue. Uh, not, and, you know, Aadhaar is not going to be able to help to fix that. So, uh, you know, and I could go on. There are many different examples that I could give. Uh, but, you know, all of the claims are either completely false or certainly very exaggerated. You made note of uh, the fact that there was a dissenting judgment. Um, could you briefly explain what that is and, um, and what's your assessment of that judgment? Uh, so, you know, Justice Chandrachud, um, <laughs> we're of, uh, of course very, very grateful uh, for what he has written in his judgment. Uh, one thing that distinguishes him from the other judges uh, and their opinion is that he has not accepted government assertions as facts. He has questioned every single one of them. Uh, and in most cases, he has said that, uh, you know, they have failed to satisfy us. Mm. Uh, so, for instance, uh, you know, the petitioners were saying that there are other technologies that are available uh, that could have uh, got, you know, got to the crux of the, the corruption problem, for instance. Uh, and the government has failed to satisfy him that uh, they have considered uh, these other technologies. Uh, so there are many ways, uh, many uh, similar assertions by the government, which he has, uh, he has refused to accept at face value. Uh, the other thing is that, a very important thing, is that uh, he, uh, you know, there are two key clauses actually that have come up for a lot of discussion since the judgment came out. One is section 57, uh, which allows private uh, entities to ask for your Aadhaar number. And according to us, that is the section that opens the door for data mining and profit making uh, with our data. Uh, the other clause is the section seven clause, which uh, is been, has been put there according to the government to facilitate welfare delivery. But according to the petitioners, and I agree with them, uh, it is the route through which mass government surveillance can happen. So it's the clause that makes it compulsory for people to give their Aadhaar number to avail of government benefits and services. So section 57, I should have mentioned earlier, that section has been struck down even in the majority opinion. So the corporate uh, use of Aadhaar at the moment has been shut out. We are quite certain that the corporate sector is not going to take this lying down and that there will be a backlash and they will try to find ways of getting it, uh, getting back access access to the, the repository for ID verification, authentication purposes. Um, section 7 is where Justice Chandrachud and the majority judges uh, don't agree. He has accepted the petitioner's claim that this creates the potential for surveillance and he is not entirely convinced with this whole welfare argument either. Uh, so, you know, that is the that is the ray of hope for us, basically, uh, for the future, because, um, you know, that tells us that uh, you, you, we can approach the court again. The other thing that 
is actually keeping the door open for us is that even in the majority opinion the judges were very are very concerned about the exclusion problem the only way in which they differ from justice chandrachool is that the majority judges have said look uh, there is possibly an exclusion problem and the government has told us that on october 24 2017 they have issued this order which will take care of the exclusions and they have accepted that order the issuing of that order as uh, an adequate assurance that exclusion will not happen but this is contrary to what has happened on the ground right a lot there have been uh, 27 starvation or hunger deaths linked to aadhar Uh, since 2017 and out of those 27 deaths more than 20 have occurred after this issue, uh, order exemption order was issued by the government so justice chandrachood has possibly seen that you know just saying that you'll do it doesn't mean that it's happening on the ground whereas the majority judges have said hey they've done it so that's good enough for us and we'll allow you to use it um so there and actually there's much more in uh, justice chandrachood's judgment i could go on and on uh, but as far as we are concerned uh, both are concerns with corporate surveillance and government surveillance both of those points were evident to justice chandrachood uh, and uh, he has therefore uh, he has in fact said that the whole project is unconstitutional so what happens to all the data that has already been collected by private entities yeah so uh, you know because section 7 has been held to be unconstitutional by the majority judges as well as the dissenting judge um they have been i think ordered uh, to destroy all those who have linked their say bank accounts and mobile phone numbers with their aadhar number they are all vulnerable right there have been more than 250 newspaper reports of either forged aadhar or fake aadhar or bank fraud related to aadhar so this linking up the aadhar number in every data data silo that exists that creates huge vulnerabilities to identity fraud uh and therefore uh, now after the judgment companies will be directed or have been directed already at least by the court to destroy all the data Uh, this aadhar data that they have now how this will be operationalized uh, that's uh, that's you know that's something a lot of people are talking about and are very concerned about as well because i think people have begun to understand uh, how this makes them vulnerable to fraud um so we have to wait and see how the government uh, is uh, planning to deal with operate operationalizing this order by the supreme court but clearly um, possessing data in some form is 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 a highly profitable prospect for these private companies can you briefly tell us why this data is so valuable so uh, you know there's actually a lot of literature now on how metadata is also very valuable to companies so what is metadata Com- the mobile say, taking the example of the phone the comp- these companies don't need to know uh, or google doesn't need to know what is the content of my email exchanges even metadata about you know who are the people in my contact list who are the most frequently written to people in my contact list similarly with the phone who are the most frequently called people even that information is quite valuable similarly with the bank uh, bank account they don't need to know whether i bought a skirt or a shoe 
what they what is in useful information for them is whether when i make my what is the pattern of my spendings in terms of do i spend it immediately after my salary is credited or do i stagger it over the month and then of my total expenses what is the bulk going on is it books or clothes or food because all of this information is extremely valuable for targeted advertising hmm? so that's one way in which our data even metadata is very valuable for companies the other thing uh, other way which is uh, slightly more uh, or less innocuous i mean you know this some some people might think this is a useful thing that uh, why should i be shown advertisements for books when i'm actually interested in buying jewelry Uh, so they may find targeted advertising a helpful feature, uh, but the other use to which companies put this uh, data is uh, described quite nicely actually, but in a book by Kathy O'Neill, it's called Weapons of Math Destruction, and she describes how the same algorithms are used to uh, discriminate. So you may end up paying a higher insurance premium, you may end up being denied an insurance policy based on this kind of backend data mining. yeah so they might use your data to deny you a loan or an insurance or they might charge you just a little bit higher uh, interest rate depending on how desperate you are and all of this information can be gleaned uh, using all this these masses of data that we generate uh, now what about the state it appears that this judgment doesn't really in any way affect the state's ability to use aadhar for uh, surveillance Yes uh, so that is of course the big disappointment with the majority judgment right that they were not able to see how section 7 enables uh, mass surveillance by the government uh, and uh, i would still say that you know justice chandrachud has really uh, in seeing through what uh, the petitioners were in seeing being able to grasp what the petitioners were saying he has really uh, helped us a lot and i'm sure that there will be other opportunities you know i have been saying i mean we are obviously very disappointed because not only does the door for mass surveillance by government remain open it also means that these exclusions that we have been concerned and deaths we have been concerned about those are likely to continue uh, but even in section 377 in 2013 you know that's the section that uh, criminalizes uh, homosexual relationships uh, that section was uh, upheld by the supreme court in 2013 but in 2018 it was struck down so i have been saying that you know in the same way we will still you know there is still hope and we will continue to make our case uh, to the public and to the court also hopefully so your research and study has showed uh, a causal link between starvation and aadhar um, can you tell us more about your findings so basically what has been happening is that um the people they on the ground even though the government doesn't accept it on the ground aadhar is mandatory to access say pensions or um rations subsidized grain through the public distribution system and the way in which people are getting knocked out is one if they fail to link their aadhar number with the that particular a registry so if you want subsidized grain then you have to make sure that all your family members aadhar numbers are linked with your aadhar card in the public distribution database now what happens is if they fail to do it then at some point their ration card is likely to get cancelled 
yeah the government will uh, cancel their ration card and they stop getting it so last year uh, to on 28 september last year this 11 year old girl who died santoshi kumari her family they had aadhar numbers and though they had been trying to link it up with their pds uh, ration card they failed to do so and uh, the government therefore cancelled their card and in fact what is outrageous is that the state government said we have saved so much money and we discovered so many ghost ration cards so what they did is any ration card that didn't have an aadhar number linked to it was automatically declared to be fake or ghost so exclusions were being passed off as savings due to aadhar uh so that's one way in which people are being knocked out the other way is when every month when they go to collect their rations they have to do this biometric authentication and that of course is totally crazy right because you need internet you need mobile connectivity you need electricity and you also need that your biometric uh, impression your fingerprint impression at the time of enrollment should match your fingerprint impression today and for all these different reasons people's uh, transaction can fail and you can't offer any other id form at the moment in some states at least so again there were cases where for two or three months these people were trying and they failed and as it is they're so vulnerable to hunger and their lives are so their livelihoods are so vulnerable that uh, basically after two or three months uh, these people died so there have been 27 such cases where aadhar is quite directly linked to cutting people out of these lifeline forms of social support um there have actually also been two or three deaths in uh, hospitals where they were denied treatment because they were not able to produce an aadhar card so the problem is quite serious uh, but what would be the next course of action for you know people who are critical of aadhar and who've been campaigning against it um both in terms of changes in law or in terms of changes in policies do you see any uh, way forward yeah yeah <laughs> uh we are very hopeful actually the judgment has given us a fair bit to work with and especially the dissenting opinion see i think as far as the majority opinion is concerned we have to make sure that this section 57 which has been struck down as unconstitutional and the orders that have been issued as a result of that like deleting uh, the aadhar numbers etc that that is actually operationalized yeah so that's the first kind of uh, even going with the majority judgment there's quite a lot to do uh, and then the other is I, i think there's also a lot of work to do to in terms of reading the judgments very carefully and passing what all we have Uh, got uh, you know for instance there's another clause section 47 which has also been struck down which is very important because uh, in the government's version of the act if my data is compromised all i could do is to write to the authority the uidai the unique identification authority of india and tell them that look my data has been compromised i could not approach get legal remedy directly i had to rely on the benevolence of uidai to actually initiate action against the fraudsters so that clause has been struck down and the court the majority opinion has said that you have to give people recourse uh, to seek remedy themselves uh, so there are those things in the majority and then there's the bit about section 7 i think even there because the majority judges have very clearly said that we are very concerned about exclusion uh, but basically at the moment we are just going with the government's version that nothing no exclusion will happen we will challenge the assertions that the government made and which the court accepted as facts 
and if we can establish that they are not facts, that they're incorrect, then again, that door opens for us. Uh, so I think, uh, I mean, of course, we are also still wrapping our head around the three opinions that have been written and hopefully soon uh, there will be more ideas on what to do in the future. Well, Professor Khera, thank you so much uh, for giving your time. Thank you, actually, because I think this, these, I think these IDs, these digital IDs are being pushed the world over and I think all countries uh, need to be vigilant and uh, be careful that they don't take, get taken for a ride the way the Indian governments have been taking the Indian people for a ride as far as this project is concerned. Uh, we know that Pakistan has a similar project, you know, NADRA. But I'm, uh, and I know that in many African countries, uh, the World Bank is pushing very hard uh, and a lot of the um, the sales pitch is based on propagandist research, which doesn't bear scrutiny. So I think it's good that uh, you know there's something in the South Asian, some message going out in the South Asian region as well to be careful about this. Mm-hmm.